Welcome back to Hash It Out. It's your co-host, Andrew Luhar, and our legendary co-host, Lisette Escobar. And we are here today with an awesome guest. And um, she's one of my favorite people. I got the pleasure to work with her. Not only was I working under her, but I was also... I, I was also able to create a good connection with her, and I am proud to call her a good friend, not only a good friend, but a colleague and an amazing person that mentored me. And I would like for her to present herself to you guys. Hi, everyone. My name is Erica Battaglia. Thank you, Lizette. Thank you, Andrew, for having me. So, Erica, we're excited to have you here. I I'm so happy. Thank you so much for taking your time out of your this time out of your busy day to spend time with us. But I do want everybody to get to know you because I have learned so much from you. And I am a person that really appreciates you and loves you. And I really want people to see what you have to offer and what you've gone through and in what ways you're able to show them with what you've experienced. So, Erica, I want you to hash it out with us tonight. I want you to let us know and to tell us about yourself. Okay. What do you want to know? You too. Everything. <laughs> Everything. Everything. Okay. Yes. Um, okay. Well, my name is Erica Batalia. I am a graduate of alumni of USC. I graduated from the... SE School of Social Work, um, Susan Dor- Doric Peck. It wasn't called that when I first started. So um, I graduated from that program in 2017, and um, I was a part of the community organization business innovation class. It was like the business social work. I know they kind of change it every year, so I was doing the macro social work program. That would be Sky. Yeah, so it changes every year. I think it was COPA before me, so mm-hmm. yeah. But um, yeah, so I did the business social work um, concentration. Um, since then, before that, I was working in the aging population. Now I'm working in the homeless population. Currently, I work as a program manager. I manage two programs. Um, one is called Intensive Case Management Services Program. That is where Lizette met me and she was an awesome case manager on my team Mm. um and that program specifically provides um permanent supportive housing and wraparound services to um single adults now families as well that are chronically homeless so we deal with everyone that have been homeless anywhere from a year to 10 15 20 years um that have been out on the street and it's a really tough role. Um, we not only provide permanent supportive housing, so that's Section 8 and other contractors. We also provide um, wraparound services such as mental health services, benefits, anything that someone would need, whether it's employment, um, to be a successful person. My other program is called Encampment to Home. So it is a branch of Intensive Case Management Services Program. And it specifically works with individuals that are in encampments. The encampments that I oversee are the Lamert Park encampment and the um, an encampment on Broadway. And so those two encampments basically were a piloted area where we took the ICMS model and we cut out the red tape and we were able to get those people permanently supportive housed in um, spot six. And both of my programs are in spot six. So service planning area six. 
So that encompasses South LA, Watts, Paramount, Compton, and a little bit of like Baldwin Hills, Crenshaw area. Uh, that's that's what I'm doing now. So I'm, I'm hearing about what you've done and what you're doing now. And I'm really interested in hearing what, what took you into social work. We heard about you going to USC to um, major in social work, but I want to know what, what took you there? What pushed you in that direction? Or not pushed you, but what guided you there? Can I just commend your MI skills right now? They are just amazing. <laughs> they are just amazing. Wow. Okay. How so? You're making How me so? blush. How so? Tell us. <laughs> no, she's, she's just doing great. Um, Let's see. As far as what brought me to social work <laughs> that is a heavy question um so I feel that growing up I was always that kid that wanted to help I was that kid that would cry when the kids were mean to the substitute teacher that was old mm. or I was like the kid that um didn't understand why people made fun of someone for wearing something that was not name brand or always just very, I would say, sensitive and socially aware. Mm -hmm. um, growing up, I had to deal with a lot of uh, mental health issues within my family, whether it was depression, suicide ideation, substance use disorder. Mm -hmm. um, I had to see all of those things firsthand. And so I kind of always had a soft spot for that. Um, when I was in undergrad, I went to undergrad at University of California, Riverside, and I got my um, degree in sociology. I was first a psych major, and I pledged Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. When I was in the process of pledging, I kind of gained more love for community service. Mm -hmm. um, I came into that, I mean, I my initial attraction to the organization was the community service aspect these women were going out into the community giving back to seniors giving back to the students in the area and I was I did not see that reflected in any other org and so it kind of drew me in and then once I became a um became an aka it kind of inspired me to become more involved and I kind of repositioned my thinking from wanting to just work as a therapist to wanting to support and impact communities. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that sociology led to social work. So I switched that over real quick. Um, and then from that, um, due to my background and just life experiences, mm -hmm. it just was an easy decision for me. Right after I graduated, my dad got really sick. Um, mm -hmm. I took care of him for quite some time and lived with him. Um, and then right after that, my grandmother got really sick. So moved straight into helping her. I was also dealing with, um, again, some of the mental health issues in my family. And so dealing with all of that in one, um, when my father passed, it was kind of an easy decision. Like, this is what I love doing because... I just enjoy caring for people. So let me align myself. So as soon as I graduated from college, I made it a point to like work within the field. And I think I even started before then. I think my first social work and I put hand quotes up because um, 
a social work-ish job, so within the field, was a group home position. And I worked mm. with um, adolescent youth that were, if they did not complete the program that they were enrolled in, they would have had to register as sex offenders, and they were young boys. Wow. I know, that's intense, right? So, mm. and I didn't learn that until I received the job it was so crazy went on my job interviews and I'm just thinking I'm working at a group home for youth and then all of a sudden when I get the job they're like hey just to let you know you're going to be working with this specific population and being that I was a person that had experienced sexual trauma throughout my childhood um it was important for me to face that head on so Mm -hmm. I did and it was an experience And then I went into working as an ABA therapist for children with autism and um, and that were on the spectrum, did that for about three years. And then after that, started working with the senior population. And I landed my first job at WLCAC in Watts um, as a case manager and then moved into affordable housing and was a resident service coordinator. Um, and then moved into a management role where I was overseeing different HUD um, affordable housing sites, then moved to Hotfix as a program manager. That's incredible. We have so many similarities because my first job was at a group home for boys and girls. Mm-hmm. and uh, But they didn't have sex offenders. But um, that's what kind of led me into my into my passion of working. If it's, I was facilitating groups, I was working with the um, on-site social worker who graduated from the program but then there was a uh, part of my work I was doing ABA and hands out to you that was so hard and and then um now I'm same with thing with me with me being a caregiver for my uncle it's just um we have same so many similarities and um mm-hmm. I, I see why you got into social work because that's the same reason why I got into social work too yeah it's it's I, I wouldn't trade any of my experiences. Just like I told you earlier, it's awesome that, you know, you're caregiving for your uncle because it's it's not a thing that you can take back. I cherish those moments with my dad and I cherish those moments with my grandmother, although she's still here. She mm-hmm. still calls on me like I'm her caregiver. So yeah. that's all been gravy. <laughs> so for me, I'm I'm sitting back over here and I'm I'm listening to everything that you were talking about and I just got very emotional. And um, first off, I'm sorry that you had to go through so much with the life experiences with your father. You know that takes a lot, but it just shows the quality of person that you are. Not only are you a social worker at heart, but you're also somebody who's willing to give so much of yourself, you know, to others. And I'm I'm getting emotional right now because um, I know you and I've been around you and you're so willing and so giving and um I'm sorry that you had to go through that and it's it's unfortunate but it is what ultimately leads us into this you know career into this position right and um with your grandmother just shows again it just shows again the quality of person that you are but I'm so happy to hear that she's made it out and that she is calling you and that she is you know um bossing you like you're her kid but I do want to congratulate you too on all your success everything that you've gone through I think that's the the path of a social worker right a lot of us we we carve our way through we're not just given opportunities it's like okay I'm gonna take this position and I'm gonna roll with it and I'm gonna learn from it and then I'm gonna take everything that I've learned from here to 
go into some somewhere new and to embody all the all the good things and positive things that I was able to learn from each position. And um, <clears throat> thank you so much for being so transparent. And the the sexual traumas that you went through, I had no idea about that. But I um, I'm very grateful that you are where you're where you're at today, and that you're still so willing to give back. And that you're still so willing to help others and, um, you know, just help them move forward. So, so thank you. Thank you so much for that. Thank you, Lizette. Now, again, I wouldn't trade any of my experiences. So. A quick question. Uh, did you see any change while working with the boys at the group home? When you say change, what do you mean? Like, did you see any positive outlook in their lives? Because I know when mm-hmm. I was working at the group home, the boys and girls... I think I changed um, a couple lives, and they changed my life too. Like I had a twelve-year-old girl say that she would uh, she would want me as a stepfather in her life, and I just broke my heart. And um, I mean, and then one of my boys, I saved his life because uh, another boy punched him in the face, and yeah, it was a bad situation. But um, you know, we still talk to this day, and you know, keep up with each other and stuff like that. So. Within the group home, I would say that out of all of the roles that I listed, that was more of a healing experience. I know this is going to sound really selfish, but it's the honest truth. It was more of a healing experience for me than it was for them. And the reason why I say it is because the program that I was supporting at the time, which, again, I didn't realize it was that type of program. So day I got hired was punitive, right? It's these these young these young men had mistreated and abused their siblings their neighbors their friends some as young as six months old some Mm. as old as myself at the age at that time so and i will say that i saw a change in them because that's what the program was for it was Mm -hmm. supposed to you know give them some insight as to into their behaviors and why they were basically perpetrating the abuse that they've experienced right and a lot of them had past of experience and it was a really sad cycle to see but it was also an amazing cycle to see broken um i didn't initially when i started it was more so this is something that you need to do to heal because again i was abused by um men and young boys my age at the time and so for me it was just a more of a it was more eye-opening um but i did see very many of them um become better young men at the end of the program and i think that that was the good outlook of it for sure thank you for so much for that um and i think that's that's difficult, though. I think you had to face everything that you had to go through. Were, were you at any point, like, experiencing any type of counter-transference or anything like oh, that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I would say that being there taught me to see the good and bad. Mm. And I think mm. being a social worker, that is a common thing that we have to go through. Absolutely. There were days that I came to work and I was upset just at some of the behaviors I had to read that happened the night before, the day before, whatever the case may be. But or some of the behaviors that were displayed that day. Um, 
and just knowing because we were we were encouraged to read their files being mm-hmm. that these are children you're dealing with so at the end of the day you're always going to have that compassion but because it was a punitive program they wanted to make sure that different things were being met so that these young men didn't have to register as sex offenders and so for me um again i had to do a lot of that reviewing of files because i was like i started to feel bad for like the curfews and the very strict guidelines that was Mm. given to them but at the same time i think that at the end of it um it grew my heart in a different direction i would have never thought that i would have a heart for young men that did those Mm -hmm. things especially with my experiences but Mm -hmm. now i find myself defending typically the person or advocating even today advocating for the sex offender advocating and wanting to hear the story behind what happened because a lot of in the in the population that i work with now not all the time is uh someone that has to register as a sex offender as a homeless individual um someone that you know did what you what you would think that they would have done having to register if that makes sense so sometimes i have clients that have in the past um just had intercourse or had a public display of their private areas out in the open but they're homeless where else are they going to have sex where else are they going to you know I don't know, have their outbursts or whatever the case may be. So in that sense, because of that one day that that individual had intercourse on the side of the street with their partner, um, now they're registered as sex offenders. You know, and of course, that's not always going to be the case. And it's definitely not always the case. Um, But it did grow my heart in a different direction, meaning that I was able to see that there is another side of the story. It's not always black and white. Um, And with those young men, they did that for me. Wow, that's powerful. That's so powerful because once again, it shows the quality of person that you are. And I keep seeing that over and over. And even with everything that you went through, you're still able to switch that around and advocate for that. Like, man, kudos to you. You are definitely somebody very, very special. Thanks, Lizette. <laughs> thank you. Andrew, if you want to roll with the second question. Yeah, definitely. Uh, thank you for talking about your perspectives on on yeah. working with the group home and stuff. And you said earlier about being in, like, the sky business side of social work can you explain like tell us about your experience at usc in that program oh yes um so when i started so the reason why i chose that route is because previous well while i was at usc i was working full-time as a resident service coordinator and so what Mm -hmm. that is is basically an on-site support person, support services individual before I became a social worker um, that would provide linkages and resources to people that were elderly and that were living in HUD buildings. Yeah. You okay over there? Yeah? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am so sorry. Yeah. So what that, what that looked like was I was just providing linkages and resources to individuals that were low-income seniors mm-hmm. and disabled adults. Um, I don't know where this is going. Oh, okay, now I do. Okay, 
was that you threw me off? <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm so sorry. It was that water. Um, so I was used to being the person that was working frontline. And even mm-hmm. in the group homes, even as an ABA therapist working with a special needs population, I was always a frontline individual. And I always saw the disconnect. Always saw the disconnect between management and the actual frontline case manager, social service so worker, true. whatever case so there is always a big disconnect. And I felt like the biggest disconnect was always that the person that was making the decisions didn't have the experience of the individual that had to abide by the decisions that they made. Correct. Right. And so going in, I was like, yeah, you know, I love social work and I've like been within this field for a while. Yes, I had I hadn't been a an official social worker, but I was like, I've gotten a lot of experience in this realm. I want to be able to impact the decisions that are being made for the everyday frontline worker and so i was like okay let me go in and let me figure out what that looks like at usc at the time that happened to be the kobe program and so i actually would have been in a different program had i had stuck to what um i was currently doing so working working with the aging population i would have been in a completely different program at the time it was a mental health and aging um, program Mm -hmm. and i was like no you know what Although those things are awesome and I still love those things and I probably will always love those things, I want to see the impact. And so I went into that direction. And it was awesome. I would say that being a student for six, seven years of my life, as far as after high school, USC offered some of the most amazing, influential mentors that... I could have asked, I couldn't have asked for better. Like um, some of my professors I still communicate with today. There are various colleagues that I meet out in the field, just from social worker to executive director. So it's just amazing. It's an amazing um, experience that I had. The classes were really great. They're very business oriented. They're comparable to a lot of the um, MBA programmatic um curriculum that some of my friends were enrolled in they're like oh I took that class and I took that class I'm like wait that's awesome so I think that it's great USC did a really good job with that program that's awesome that's so that's really cool to see to hear and to see where that's brought you and what got you involved in that I'm glad that you had a really good experience there but it, it also helped you with like networking and um, just being able to build those connections. And um, so I, this is actually leading me into the next question, which would be um, what, what led you into social work? And I think we, we spoke about this. So if it's a little repetitive, I, I think we, we, yeah, I'm like getting stuck over here because I'm thinking like we did go over this, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm going to jump into the next one and it's going to be to tell us about your professional development, everything that you worked with, where you began, where you, you are now more in depth and um, what experiences you were able to gain from all of this. How were you able to refine your skills? What new skills were you able to build off of this? Okay. Off, uh, it's a loaded question. Yeah, that was like a, a, <laughs> a, a, a pile of questions. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, I'm so passionate. I know you are a little bit. I know. (laughs) Um, 
So I would say that going into USC, I had a lot of the foundational experience, both lived experience and um, frontline staff experience, whether it's case management, again, residential, affordable housing, low-income housing, aging, um, the aging population, um, aging in place, all of those concepts and populations and things, but leaving I would say that I was given the management tools um starting off the first year was very foundational um so it was a lot of MI which you were doing very well (laughs) CBT um it was very awesome I think because some of the what I forget the name is it 544 I think I'll never forget that class is it 544 represent 544 we love that is that the class where you have to write the paper on yourself? Yes. Yes. Is oh my it? God, I'm sorry. I, I just Is it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I'll never forget that class. And I think that every person I meet, like as far as social workers go, we all kind of have that common ground. Like, remember when you had to dig deep into your shit, basically? <laughs> and so um, that me was really eye-opening because it made me have to dig deep into what I was going through, what I'd been through, how I was going to address it, what counter-transference was going to look like for me moving forward as a clinician, and also what it was going to look like for me as a manager. Mm-hmm. Um, and moving forward from that class, again, I'll never forget that. But um, my second year was very business oriented, very like this is what communities look like. This is what organizing looks like. This is what public policy looks like. Um, These are how you affect laws and change. And this is how you create an app, which is awesome as well. So a lot of business development. And I think that leaving that gave me the motivation to be like, you know what? I know, well, actually, while I was in that, I was like, you know, I no longer want to be a resident service coordinator. I no longer want to be a coordinator. I want to be a manager. And in that act and learning how to um, position myself in that way, I was granted that opportunity very quickly. And I think that I can give, give that, give thanks to USC for that. And then as soon as I graduated, I was like, you know what? I'm not being challenged enough. And just to be able to identify that, and start looking for other opportunities and again positioning myself with the right people and networking I was able to receive the opportunity and even within my agency now um just always striving for growth you know um started off with one program then received a different program to oversee and then now I'm overseeing a little bit more so it's just like always asking and trying to challenge myself so that I'm impacting at a larger scale. I'm so glad that you brought all of that up because I do, I've been able to work with you and I've seen your management skills and they're on point. And I, for me, it brings back, it brings me back to like, how were you feeling at some point with, um, you know, being nervous, taking more on? I know that you keep looking for more growth and you keep asking for more and you receive it. And you and you thrive in it too, but do you remember how you were feeling before all of that? Were you nervous? Were was there any like self doubt? Was there anything that you were struggling with? Um, yeah, I can say that I've always 
struggled with public speaking. I know that sounds like <laughs> not. I know it was that when I first told you that, you laughed at me. But I am so serious. Like, I struggle so bad. It's cool being on a podcast with you, you two and, like, it's just us on, you know, Zoom. But when it's a large room, which Lizette knows I have to facilitate some, some sort of meeting on a weekly basis where it's at least 25 people in a room looking at me like, okay, what are we about to do this week? And so I think that, again, I can say that I developed that skill a lot in my internship at USC. So my first year of internship was um, at Londo Elementary School District. Mm. I worked with kids, and I didn't choose that internship, and I was kind of bummed because I wanted to be, like, pushed into something really difficult, but... There was a silver lining in it because I met a social worker that was my supervisor at the time that I'm still friends with today. And she's amazing. She's a mentor. She, I can go to her for anything and I can call her at any time of night or day and she's going to respond. And she's so resourceful. I feel like all social workers are so resourceful. Like, it's so crazy. You could ask a social worker anything and they're like, I know somebody that does that. And it's like, How? Um, anyway or it's like my friend's cousin's uncle no it's it's crazy or we all have like five ten jobs it's so crazy like I just don't get it but we all like I don't know it's a hustling mentality that we all have awesome I love it but that's her but my second internship was at Kaiser Permanente in -hmm. West LA and I worked in the public affairs and community relations department and my supervisor then asked me, I want to say maybe my first week, she's like, so what are your fears? Where are some things, areas for growth? And I told her the truth. And she basically let me know, like, oh, okay, so since you have an issue with public speaking, what I want you to do is I want you to memorize this campaign and I want you to build upon it. And then tomorrow I want you to come and you're going to go present to the it was a department of physicians and basically get them to buy into your campaign and participate. And I was like, wait, what? Like, I can't like, you know, like kind of send out a flyer first or, you know, do something like what? And she was like, no, like you're going to go and this is what you're going to do. And you got this. And I remember being so shook. Like I was just completely like, what? Like I couldn't like what do you mean like no and there's been plenty of times I'm I'm that person that if I am worried about something if I have a big day coming up I will not sleep like I will not sleep I will stress over it I will reread and I will take notes on top of notes on top of notes so I was just like are you serious right now literally a few minutes before I had to go give that campaign speech to it was like maybe 50 physicians Mm. physicians are looking at me like who is this little social work intern like can she go sit down <laughs> anyways but I was just like are you serious I was writing handwriting my speech word for word like on a sheet of paper over and over she comes over to my desk and I love her and again this is a this is someone that I even beyond mentorship I call my sister today like mm, I beautiful. like I just was at her house a week ago visiting her and her newborn so like we're really close. Oh, wow. Congrats. Um, but she's like, 
yeah, okay, why are you writing this over and over? You got it. She's like, the only reason why people are nervous is because they don't know it. If you know it back and forth, like, you're going to be fine. If anyone asks questions, you know it. People don't have confidence because they are ignorant on the subject, and you're not. So go ahead and do it. Mm. And I was just like, you're right, I guess, but I'm still scared. And (laughs) I went, and I went, and she supported me she stood there like a proud mom and I did it and I think after that I started to really she put me in a lot of situations where I had to like force that public speaking and exercise that muscle a lot and it's still not the best but I'm definitely a lot better for it for I I love that you brought that up and I'm smiling over here my cheeks hurt because of how much I was smiling but I can relate to that. And I remember that there was a moment in my internship, it was the first presentation that I was going to do with the, with the Neighborhood Academic Initiative, where I was supposed to do a presentation in front of 150 people for 80 minutes. I remember. And I remember. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. I remember walking into your office looking disheveled, all, you know, out of it. And um, I remember asking you for advice and I hear now, like now that I I heard your side of the story, I'm able to hear your sister's words through you, right? Because you also mentioned that to me and you were willing to work with me so that I could get it down. And um, thank you so much for that because because of that, I was also able to like get more comfortable with public speaking. And by the way, I think you're amazing at public speaking. So I don't think you you're... You're bad at all. I think you're really oh, good at it. <laughs> <laughs> you look so confident. You're like a boss when you walk in there, and I love that. But um, thank you so much for sharing that. That just puts a smile on my face because I'm not the only one that freaks out about it, too. But I also want to highlight how, you know, you, you talked about management, right? And you talked about being in charge of programs, but I also want to bring in how you work on, on not just the mezzo and macro level, but how you also work on a micro level. And I remember that there were many times that I would walk into your office because I was dealing with a lot and I would sit there with you and you had, you know, the best MI skills because you were able to take out, you would ha- you were able to help me process a lot of things, not only from work, from my personal life, from my school life and um I remember we had many times where you know we were in your office crying I remember we had several moments where we had that and I really want to highlight that it takes a very special person to be able to sit down with you a very awesome boss to be able a very awesome and caring boss to actually sit down with you and talk to you about what's going on not just to like not just to give you feedback but to hear you out and to, to hear what you have to say. So I really want to highlight that. And I think um, you weren't bringing that up. I'm hearing all the great skills that you have and all the great experiences, but you have definitely helped out a lot of people in different ways too. Not just in those ways, but in in also being there for, for me. You were there for me. So um, thank you for that. You're welcome, Lizette. I, I do Definitely. have a little tidbit um, question. Maybe it's off top, off top, uh, subject. But Erica, do you have any stories? Any funny stories about Lizette at work? What? Any funny stories while you're working with her? 
how what Lizette was literally she was such a joy like our our office misses her so much but well now we're not in the office but when we were in the office um Mm. I would say that Lizette would always get me personally get me (laughs) because she can pull off a fake cry and a sad face so well like she would come to my office and she would look like she's in shambles and I would look like oh my gosh what happened because Lizette is a very physically transparent person if she's like happy you know she's happy if she's sad if she's embarrassed like all that good stuff right so she can't she was so good at pretending she would give me all the time she'd come into my office and she would just like (laughs) oh my gosh I'm going through this this horrible experience and then I just look and I'm like oh my gosh Lizette are you serious she'd pretend to cry she would pretend to cry (laughs) and then and then she just started busting up laughing. And I'd be like, are you serious? Like, I got out of my desk. I'm over here hugging her, trying to console her. And she's over here just busting up. And I'm just like, this is not funny, Lizette. Like, get out. Go. And then another thing, which I don't know if she still gets this, but all the case managers used to comment on her hair. Like, she has, like, this really, like, long, beautiful hair. She does, yeah. And... Everybody would always comment on how good it smelled. And she she would turn so red after anybody would comment on her hair. And she'd be like, thank you for that. Thank you. And then she'd kind of like, like sweep it under the rug. We had one case manager that would always comment on her hair. Like mm. always comment on her hair. I just blessed that because her like cheeks would be completely red. But she was definitely a jokester for sure. Oh, for sure. Um, I know you mentioned earlier about um, networking and you know contacting your your old uh, preceptor. How does um, tell us about your professional development, or I mean your um, tell us about your networking that has helped you at USC. Hold on, before we jump into that, I want to go back to what Erica said about me crying yes. and um, you know being able to pull some stuff up off just to like mess with her I mean I took drama class and because I took drama class I love being very you know dramatic Mm. and like like passionate sometimes so I did it because I knew that this was gonna bring joy to you but I I totally apologize (laughs) it's fine it's just you know now like when you cry I have to like literally like watch you cry for a second to make sure that it's real (laughs) (laughs) like you're not gonna get a reaction out of me anymore i'm just gonna look and then and then after maybe like five seconds and i'm like okay this is real let's talk about it no but wait i i have another excuse too i was young you know i was 29 last year last year (laughs) yeah i was young so i didn't know what i would do now i'm 30 so um you know things have changed but either way, going back to my hair thing, you're right. A lot of people used to touch my hair all the time and smell it. And I would be walking and they would literally be walking next to me, just holding their hair, like my hair in their nose. And they'll be like, I, I love your this, <laughs> the smell. But um, yeah, I, I love it. You I, might want to share with everybody I, what type of shampoo and conditioner you use because it was really a thing. 
Oh, thank you. Thank you. Definitely. I'm going to keep that one a secret <laughs> if it's all right. Keep it a secret until you get uh, some endorsements coming to you, you know? Oh, definitely. I think I should be in one of those commercials, but uh, <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> but I definitely miss all of you, too. I miss... Um, I miss you, Erica. I miss a lot of the case managers. I just miss the atmosphere there because we were a family and, um, you know, the support was there, the love and the support. And I used to love the little gatherings we used to have here and there. And I remember Erica would always dance. She was a dancer. No, I wasn't like completely lying <laughs> right now. This was definitely her. She would bust out dancing at all the the staff appreciations and I'd be like who is this person but <laughs> but no Lizette never got me to dance I think I think that that was you know pretty problematic Lizette got me to dance yeah she didn't get me I'm a tough cookie <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh my god you know what that, that's a challenge for me now I am gonna make sure to take you out dancing while we're hiking yeah. How about that? Yeah, no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> oh. Oh. You, you know what? Wait. You know, Andrew, you asked about professional development and networking. Yes. I like may I have to make sure that I mention this. I can I definitely pay so much I don't even know. I get. I think about it all the time. I've been fortunate enough as a black woman mm -hmm. to be mentored by black women, mm. and I think that that was very foundational and necessary and needed for me as a black woman mm -hmm. um, at USC. I had multiple professors that all great. But the professor that I'm closest with today that I still communicate with that supports me through my endeavors is a Black woman. And she was my first professor at SE and she was my last professor at SE. Um, Want to do a shout, shout out? out? Shout out to Dorsey. I'll make sure that she gets this link. But um, she actually works at, uh, she teaches at um, a university in Chicago now. But she was teaching at SC at the time. And um, even my my mentors, both of my social work, um, pre my preceptor and my um, supervisor, both internships, Black women. Um, my current role, mm -hmm. my current position, my boss, which is also a DSW grad of the um, of USC social work program. Um, Dr. Dr. Shantae Coleman. She's a black woman. Um, the agency that I work for, our director is a black woman. And I would say that for me, that has been extremely meaningful within my life. I feel that I have would have not gotten this far because I'm able to have a different conversation with mm -hmm. these women about life, right? Because it's one thing, as Lizette mentioned, when in managing people, you know, networking, meeting yeah. people, and just just learning from individuals. It's one thing that, you know, if you guys have work in common. But when you have life experiences in common and 
they completely want to and understand you, it's a different experience. And it's something that you can't really, I can't, you can't get it from anywhere else. And as a woman of color, like, it's amazing. I love to give back to, I, I love my male, um, my male, and um, I would say I love my male case managers as well. But my women, especially my women of color, they come to me at a different capacity and they need a different level of support. And I just love giving that. It's beautiful. <clears throat> That's beautiful to hear. And um, I, I think that in terms of you being able to be mentored by all these women of color, that's amazing. And I, I've told you this many times in the past. It brings me so much joy just to see our women of color to be in, in those positions. Mm-hmm. And I want that to continue to happen. And you're continued, you're, you continue to pass that down, right? Because you're continue, you continue to give that support. So I love that you brought that up. And I love that you still have those connections. I think not, networking in general is so important so important because you never know who you're going to run into you never know what stories and experiences they have and when you hear that and you connect on a different level that connection is always there even if you if you don't see each other for a few months right you reach out to each other and what happens you get very happy just to hear from one another and um, it continues on and even one of the things that I realized with networking is you know somebody somebody else knows that person that you go out to interview with and somebody else knows the other person. It just continues. It's like a chain. It's a domino effect. And I think that it's so important. I think this happened today. You know, we were talking, you came in talking about Dr. Coleman and um, Dr. Coleman knows Andrew and Andrew knows Kim. Like it just goes all around. So, so beautiful to hear that. And I think it's so important, especially with, with our profession or in any profession, actually. Mm -hmm. And Essie does a really good job at that. Essie does, and I will say, like, you can see a, a random alumni on the street, and there you go, fight on. And like that, instantly, you have that sense of community, that camaraderie, and I can't say that I've gotten that from other schools, mm. you know? The, the Trojan connection is real. Mm-hmm. No, it definitely yeah. is real. I totally agree with that. And I'm going to bring in a small example about that. I was out walking in the park and I told somebody fight on because this person was all decked out with like a sweater of USC, pants, USC, you know, shoes that were from USC. Shoes? And he comes up. Yeah, they, they were shoes from USC. They were Nikes. Comes up, He comes up to me and he starts talking to me. We walked this whole lap for a good 45 minutes and he was there talking to me about his experience at USC and the different things that he's been able to achieve. Achieve, He was able to get his master's in business, his MBA. So he was able to get his master's in business and um, he, was telling, uh, he was telling me how successful he had been. But that just comes to show how strong the Trojan connection mm-hmm. is. But with that being said, I really want to know... Um, you know, we have our last two questions. And this this one I want to ask you personally because I, I want to know. I want to know this. And I think people want to know this, especially Trojans. Um, where do you find yourself today? What are your plans? Oh, for the okay. <laughs> it's like, wait, 
What do you mean where I find myself? I find myself here. We'll see. Right now. Um, So what are my plans? Um, I think always just striving for better. Um, Right now, I am at an agency that does so much. Um, We give so much to the community. We give back to the community that mirrors what my family, my friends, my loved ones look like. Um, And I think that that's really important to give back in that way. Um, Right now, I've been working on some social impact things, stuff within my agency. So um, highlighting some of our agency's efforts, some things that I feel like a lot of nonprofits don't necessarily do too well because we're always so busy just worrying about actually providing the service and providing it well that we forget that other people want to see what's happening within our agency and see what's happening within the community. And we want to see the positive outcomes so that we bring in more folks and that we're able to serve and impact more folks. So that's what I'm currently working on within my agency. I am also working on, which Lizette knows, developing an app um, that would provide resources for not just the homeless population, but specifically targeting the homeless population, but resources um, in real time. I feel that there's such a deficit in case management work where we spend so much time looking up and trying to find what resources open and available. And there's so many different like linkages to these things. Like we have two on one and we have Google searches and we have Yelp, but it's all disconnected. And I feel like my job is to kind of bridge that gap and mm. innovate that because it would just be so much of a help, a help for the community. I hear it from our homeless clients all the time. I wish that I could just do, it, do this on my phone and they don't necessarily have that. Um, and then you have agencies. Like, I wish that there was a way that I could talk to my client and see that. Mm-hmm. And being a homeless service provider, um, there's a lot of disconnect. There's, you know, services that come out the day before Christmas that no one's going to be able to see because everyone's on vacation and mm-hmm. no one's going to be able to reach their client. Whereas if that was existing in real time for these clients, it would just make such a better a better world for us as far as uh, homeless services go. Um, so doing that, and then I am a hundred hours away from completing these crazy clinical hours, which is not necessarily my main focus, but it's something that I think is really important just to have and to keep up because again, although I'm not providing direct services at times to clients independently, um, just having those, those tools and having that in my back pocket as a better manager so that I'm better able to support my staff clinically, I think is important. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm working on right now. That's pretty incredible because, uh, sorry, Lizette, but, um, that's pretty incredible. (laughs) I had a thought because most most Sky students don't go into macro or LCSW type of licensing. Uh, how do you see the benefit of that? I see the benefit because so this is something that doesn't know. How was that? Hmm. Wow. <laughs> so because I have a a. Um, 
a special place in my heart for the senior population. I have a special place in my heart for special needs. Mm. Um, I plan on in the future, very like future, future, uh, <laughs> um, owning properties so I could provide permanent supportive housing for individuals that don't have family mm. that fall within these different demographics. Um, and a lot of these homes, permanent supportive housing homes that provide wraparound services need a director or someone that's clinical. And I think that it's just all inclusive if I already have that. If I'm going to own the homes, own the properties, and oversee them the way that I want to, I might as well just have the license. It's just so much easier. Right. That's so beautiful. That's what I want to do, too. Oh, yes. Let's partner. Let's collaborate. <laughs> you are amazing, amazing here. So I'm listening to all of this, and you're right. I did not know that. That's one of the first things I didn't, so... <laughs> Um, you definitely surprised me, <laughs> but congratulations on all your success. Mm -hmm. Congrats on everything that you've achieved, everything that you've overcome. And I wish you nothing but the best. And I know that you're going to succeed. You're a fighter. You're a survivor. You're, I mean, you, you're amazing, honestly. Thank you so much. And I'm very, I'm very, very confident that you're going to achieve everything that you want in life. Because you're that type of person. You, If you want it, you get it. You know? You're a go-getter. I think that's one of the things we have in common. But um, <laughs> I had to, had to throw myself in there. <laughs> but um, thank you so much for that. And congratulations on everything. And I know that whatever you set your mind to, you will be successful. Thank you so much, Lizette. You're so awesome. You kind of just like slathered on the compliments. I appreciate you. So, oh, definitely. Erica, last but not least, last question. What do you want to say to our listeners? Like I would like to say that, you know, if you're a social worker, if you're a USD student within any program, don't limit your... I cannot. <laughs> Wait, what's happening? I must have said the question wrong because he's laughing really badly at me. No. I'm sorry. We're going to edit this out, but I'm laughing because you said that you were going to make faces at us and you made a face at us right now. You're like... <laughs> I don't know what's happening. That's why I like see it's like these like gang signs going on oh, on the like side. Eight, eight, eight. <laughs> oh, and I thought you were telling me that like you do oh. do seven. I was like, I just did seven. Sorry. You do eight. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, all I um, seen was this, and I'm just like, what's happening right now? <laughs> we're just throwing symbols around. Yeah, we're having a, a war, like a Zoom oh, war. So let me ask. Who again? I'm speaking to SC students and speaking to everybody. Everybody, actually. Okay, then I'm just gonna just. Okay, so read answer the question. Do this. Yeah. You got this, Sarah. Okay. Yeah. So what I would want to tell everyone is, no matter what profession you are looking into, um, if you're a USC student, if you're not, if you're a professor, whatever it is, just aim. For the stars reach your goals if you have an idea bring that idea to fruition because the world's going to be a better place for it mm -hmm. a lot of times we get discouraged about our ideas or we let a lot of negative self-talk play into us not actually bringing things forward i'm also a victim of that as well 
and I need to get better at that. But I think that just do it. And if it's already been done or if it's something that you're a little insecure about or whatever the case may be, talk it out and just get it done because mm-hmm. what's what's the worst that can happen? Nothing. So, yeah, that's it with the pretty bow on top. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being with us and hashing it out. Thank you so much. We had such a pleasure. It was so good to see your face again. And um, thank you for doing this. Honestly, thank, I know you're a very busy person, but doing this for us and doing this for the community, you're awesome. So thank you so much. And I love you. Love you too. <laughs> Erica, I love you the most. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it sounds all like competitive too. Huh? <laughs> Well, thanks well, thank again, Erica. Thank you so thank much, you. Erica. And uh, stay tuned for next week, guys. Thank you for hashing it out. Thank you for hashing it out.